ladies and gentlemen, this is so good, man. The better. Better Call Saul Podcast. My name is Brian. And with me, as always, my good friend Dave. Dave, how's it going, my friend? It's going. Got a new computer. Pretty excited about it. New Mac. That's right. Got me a, a souped up Mac Mini from 2012. Nice. Yeah. Apparently, that's the fastest one. Really? Yeah. Really? That long ago? Yeah. Um, and the, the processors were soldered to the motherboard after that or some shit. I don't mm. know. There's a lot of technical stuff involved. I just did a lot of reviews and went with that one and got it off of eBay because I trust eBay. Awesome. Like a fool. Okay, cool. <laughs> Dave and I also host the Nothing Important podcast along with our third mic, Jeff, where we talk to people more successful and famous than we will ever be. You can find that on iTunes or nothingimportantpodcast.com. Also, be sure to check out A Plumbus Among Us. The Rickest Rick and Morty podcast that is on iTunes should be on Stitcher by the time anybody hears this. And also the TV time app TV time. Make sure to download it for your smartphone. You can find it's all good men there. You can find a plumbus among us and you can chat, converse, react, vote, meme, and like other folks with the same interests that you have. You can just do stuff. You can do stuff. It's awesome. Make sure to go to your, uh, I guess, whatever store for whatever phone you have, the TV Time app. Join millions of TV enthusiasts such as yourself. I like how you said join. 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 Join it's us. Like that, it's like that song. Like, <laughs> I like adding syllables where there shouldn't be extra syllables. It's like that song where it's like, more than diamonds, more than gold. Like he adds like an extra syllable in there. <laughs> I can't go like as a W in gold. It's like he spells it G O W L D gold. Well, some people say like knowing now that's an unknowing. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm. I might add many more syllables before the night is over. So Dave, <laughs> let's get rocking. This is better call. Saul, episode three Oh seven. It is titled expenses. Yeah, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into it. So, uh, uh, show opens. Jimmy's standing there at a wall. It looks a lot like a lineup wall. That's what I thought at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously the uh, vocal uh, visage they are going for. Yes, I don't vocal? even know if visage is a word, but like uh, it is now. Sure, sounds right. Visage. Right? I always say visage. I've never once heard did, you say visage, and I've known you. How for like did V years. for Vendetta say it? How did? How would what? How did V for Vendetta say it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if ever there's a V word, I mm-hmm. go to the monologue from the opening of V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's uh, not really a lineup wall. It's the Albuquerque uh, Parks Department. And uh, Van pulls up. You know, all, all the people that eventually joined Jimmy on the wall mm-hmm. are waiting there. Van pulls up. Uh, they have Jimmy sign a waiver for trash pickup. And uh, Jimmy, being the lawyer that he is, yep. wants to read the entire for <laughs> the entire thing first, much to the chagrin of the extremely unimpressed <laughs> supervisor. Well, Jimmy just doesn't want a human sentipad situation. <laughs> you nice. Know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's such a lawyer thing to do. It's funny that they put him first and made everybody wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody's all impatient. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> let's get this over with. Uh, point of the scene is uh, it must be his community service. Yeah, that, I, as soon as the van pulled up, that's what I figured. He's got to do his community service. Mm-hmm. He's going to go pick up trash along the freeway because that seems to be the popular mode of community service. Mm-hmm. 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 Almost had to do that once. 
I got arrested on spring break, <laughs> and and uh, they, I got arrested on spring break, spent the night in jail. I've talked about it before, but the yes. options I was actually given when I was being booked into the jail, they said, uh, you don't have to pay any money as long as you promise to come back tomorrow <laughs> and um, pick up trash along Daytona Beach for like three hours or something ridiculous like mm-hmm. that. And I said, no, because quite honestly, or quite, to be honest, officer, I plan on drinking tomorrow as well. And <laughs> I had brought 200 extra dollars in case I got arrested or a fine. <laughs> so I already had this like put away. So I just gave him the 100 bucks, spent the night in jail, and was, nice. out, was out the next morning. So, there you go. Yeah, planning ahead. Plan ahead, man. Plan. You gotta, <laughs> if you know you're going to commit shenanigans, you should have a, a, mm-hmm. yep. a plan. Hey, I, I know what kind of person I am. I, I was just uh, being prepared. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I was trying to think of some stretch of symbolism for the fact that they're under the overpass. Mm-hmm. Couldn't think of anything. Did a bus go by? Because then he could have been like thrown under the bus. Oh! <laughs> no, but I did notice that the banana peel slips out of his thing. Like mm. slipping Jimmy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much he's there. He's, he's doing the community service. He's supposed to be there for four hours, but he keeps taking phone calls for his now, uh, I guess, right impromptu... TV business ad. venture, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, it, yes. yeah, Saul Goodman <laughs> production. SGP. Mm-hmm. Um, I like some of the items he picked up too. Like he picked up a tie. Yeah, I think that it's probably all on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's all planned out. You guys yep. can make your own stretches mm-hmm. there. Jimmy's trying to, uh, you know, sell t- uh, his TV time, and it doesn't. Not the app, but <laughs> TV, TV time on Albuquerque ad, TV. Ad space, yes, yes. Right around Murder, She Wrote, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, of course. And uh, at the end of it, they I guess they manually sign off on, on how many hours you've done. Jimmy only receives half an hour for the four hours that he was there. You know, and you would think, um, as the one person who read the entire contract, he would follow the rules. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't like to follow the rules because he's slipping Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like... Uh, but can I add something there to this though? When the car drives by and throws the trash out the window, mm-hmm. nobody honks when they do that. <laughs> nobody advertises, "Hey, I'm littering. Sell me the five hundred dollar fine." <laughs> they just chuck it out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how he tried to rally the troops because yeah. he has a big perceived injustice, and they're so unimpressed. It's I, like, dude, it's, are you going to get in the van? Like, come on, like move it along. The exact phrase that I wrote. He was trying to rally the troops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of want to interview that guy with the deep ass voice just to interview that voice. All right, well let's let's try to get dude, him on. I'll yeah, try to so get what him. What do you say, dude? Are you gonna get the bat or what? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how I sound to people. Like when I when I want to go places, not quite like that. That mm. was like cartoonish low. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> More like that. You just did. All right. <laughs> Before we move on, I love the line: "Computers are our future." Because it just shows how far back <laughs> this this show is supposed to take place. <laughs> kind of uh, pisses off the supervisor. Super, supervisor offers to strike him the deal of a lifetime. And if he doesn't get in the van and basically shut the fuck up, he'll take us half an hour and make it zero. Yeah, <laughs> it could be hour. zero. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to uh, foot massager opening, which is the sexiest of all. Better Call Saul opening. That's right, especially with the bottle of scotch. Right, there's something kind of unsettling about it. I'm not it really weird. sure what it is. It's, it's, well, it's, it's the way you relax at the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. you your foot massage and drink your scotch. Are you sure it's not wine? I'm <laughs> pretty positive it's not wine. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because 
because apparently I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about that from last week, too, is uh, not only did people give me shit for that, like any. It was kind of relentless. It was like anywhere you could find our podcast, there was at least one person that had to tell me that, like, dude, you're a dumbass and a scotch. But what made me super happy was that it was two comments from YouTube alone. <laughs> I'm wondering, is this like, is this better than the cactus incident? I don't know. I guess we're going to have to leave it out there. <laughs> I like some of them were pretty much just like, dude, it's fucking scotch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I, I tried to rationalize that I was being honest. I was like, well, when I was taking notes, I looked at, I looked up, and I, I thought it was hmm. like a really classy wine, but no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a scotch. It's a scotch. Yeah. McAllen, thirty-five, age thirty-five years, mm-hmm. just like yeah. us. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> After the opening, uh, we see what I talked about in preview with the prior, which was the preview for our next episode. Jimmy just kind of hauls ass and he takes the horse bath. I think that I think I got this one right on the. I said it was like a superhero change from Jimmy to Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's He was changing from Jimmy to Saul Goodman. Yeah, man. He's keeping a tight. I like the outfit. It's, I like the, like the was like a military type outfit with like the cap and like it's all like beige and like earth tones. Well, he, he's like a cla- like Steven Spielberg because like, yeah. like with the vest, like from okay, the 1980s, that, there you like go. the hat. Right? Yeah. 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 That makes a lot more sense. He's like the, the commandant of the film set, man. He's, right. But the, but the appearance is the exact opposite that like film Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. Is all like earth toned and disguised in incognito, mm-hmm. and then lawyer Saul Goodman is flashy and brash mm-hmm. and exuberant or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping though that he would he would manually affix the fake goatee. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that about about the about the commercial in three hundred six. Yeah, because it was so shittily done. <laughs> Everybody loves fake facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shittily done fake facial hair. And because of our family business. I've actually seen that stuff in real life. Right. And I actually seen how hard it and you you've worked on sets, so you've probably seen something similar. No fake facial hair though. No? I did edit a movie where a guy had a fake beard mm-hmm. because they reshot a scene after he shaved his beard off mm-hmm. and he had to fall in the water, so he was clutching his beard as he falls <laughs> in the water. It's pretty fantastic. Well, which is like a natural reaction. Like <laughs> right. I have a real beard and when I fall in water, I don't try to save my wallet or my phone. It's right. always like beard. <laughs> this is what got me the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those nights. All right, here we go. <laughs> Four pages of notes this time. Yeah. Has a little trouble car starting. Or I yeah, guess uh, has with, trouble starting the car. There's a lot of uh, a lot of foreshadowing going on here. The mm-hmm. malpractice insurance phone call, we, we skipped. We kind of glossed over that in the uh, trash pickup scene. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the car troubles, He uh, he's, his esteem's running out. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Keeping that train going. Okay. Yeah, why not? I like it. I like it. We end up at Duke City's recliner. I want to interview this guy also. The Duke City recliner (laughs) guy? Yeah. (laughs) It was, I just wrote like, it was super endearing. Yeah. His nervousness in front of the camera and stuff. Like, I really felt for the guy. It was like, it was well done. Yeah. Yeah. Just like your average hefty bearded white guy. (laughs) (laughs) He must do a few podcasts. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but then jimmy turns into super like producer director that was cool too and he's mm-hmm. just like one more come on you got this you mm-hmm. know he just kind of coaxed him into the better performance the camera's your buddy mm-hmm. you know think of a friend oh yeah my friend ron i love how um his first one didn't seem that bad especially as far as local right and then he it was very feldco yeah <laughs> <laughs> or uh if anybody that remembers this from chicago eagle man 
Oh god. Whereas just terribly acting like yeah. like, wow, look at those little rays. <laughs> like But it, it was like he was given an earnest try and then mm-hmm. Saul, I guess now we can refer to this character of yeah. Jimmy's. So Saul is trying to convince him to do another take, and his second take is worse, <laughs> way like noticeably worse <laughs> than the first one. Right. It creates an awkward silence, and everybody's like, "Nailed it! Yeah, nailed it! That was great." <laughs> I've been on a few sets like that. <laughs> I, I like a yeah sardonic sardonic camera guy. I, I don't know if that character has a name, but the camera guy, he's he kind of does. been cracking me up the last two episodes. He's so his, salty. Yeah, his dry yeah. delivery. Like, oh, yeah, that was, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's <laughs> what he said, but it was along those lines. Uh, just really great. Jimmy tries to, like, sell him on more commercials, and this guy's totally family business, man. Right. Like, well, I, I told you. I'm impressed with the preparation, though, because he's got storyboards drawn up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well yeah. done, too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hey, it's just a picture of him sitting in the chair, and then the next picture is him with his feet up. Right. So great. So, so great. <laughs> That's funny they brought that up, because I, I have it in big circles on my notes. Storyboard and everything. Yeah. Well, he's really trying to get, you know, that his money back. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he was doing some high-pressure sales there, too. He yeah, Well, he has been ever since the, the last episode, when he was like, 15 minutes, you know, you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of his approach. The high pressure sales mm-hmm. doesn't usually work on a lot of people. No, never works on me. No, <laughs> that that's like my worst <laughs> thing in the world. Is it's like a, I hate shopping with a passion. I've talked about it multiple times because mm-hmm. not only is it boring, but it costs money, and mm-hmm. therefore it it's the worst fucking thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife obviously loves shopping, mm-hmm. and I'll go with her. And to me, the most obnoxious thing in the world is when. I, I don't care if we're in Target. For some reason, if somebody comes up in Target, it's like, oh, can I help you? It's like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, it's T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't need your help. Like, I, it, like, I don't know. I, I I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, pressure sales, even if it's like minute pressure, mm-hmm. like, just leave me the fuck alone. I've only really had it once, and somebody did. I actually got a car salesman to say to me, what can I do to get you to buy this car today? Really? Yes. So I threw him a ridiculously low number that he laughed at. Uh-huh. And he's like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, so is what you're doing. Right, yeah. You know, so we came to an agreement. I got a great deal on the car eventually. But yeah, <laughs> high-pressure sales are, uh, they make you very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They just make you uncomfortable. After uh, Duke City recliners, it, they're divvying out the money. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of setting the tone that, that uh, Saul is kind of struggling mm-hmm. a little bit. Kind of feeling it. Kind of showing his hand. Mm-hmm. The crew starts complaining about the money, mm-hmm. and uh, Jimmy does some pushback. Because they have some expenses. <laughs> nice. Look at there. All right. That's one point for Dave. Good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I do like how he goes to, down through the financial breakdown of giving them all each 100, and then he's right. like, what, it, hit what his overheads are. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to draw those storyboards up, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, permanent markers back then cost all of, like, 55 cents. <laughs> but it's not like you can use those more than once. <laughs> I meant more like the time. He's putting his time in to draw up mm-hmm. the storyboard. Yep. He might even be outsourcing it. Maybe. To uh, Jimmy. <laughs> so I'll give him his outsourcing it to Jimmy. Yeah, that's, that's right. He's yeah. double dipping. Cut to uh, Jim and Kim 
or as I like to call him, Jim, doing uh, monthly expenses at the uh, office. Kim is going down how much she paid. I, I don't think uh, at this point she actually expected Jimmy to pay because she probably didn't think he had any source of income. That's what the vibe I got. It, it seemed like they're taking turns, and she was doing, I got this month, you got next month mm-hmm. kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, Jimmy. And he just kind of comes out like, wait, he bought like a couple reams of paper he threw out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's, uh, what'd she say? It was 120 bucks? Reams, like two reams of paper. Yeah, that's about right, man. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's actually not. A minor expense. It's kind of funny. I learned what a ream of paper was by being an audio intern because I was the one that had to go buy the reams of paper mm-hmm. for the printers. I had no idea. And you have to like carry them. They never have handles, so you have to carry them by the weird yellow strap that cuts into your hand. Oh, we uh, we would take a uh, dolly. Oh well, I mean, sure, if you want to be like efficient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jimmy offers just to pay cash. He's like, bam, out of his uh, poor man's wallet, the envelope. Yeah, the bank envelope. <laughs> <laughs> She's like. You're not tapping your account, are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, he is. It's got a bank envelope. He's pulling the money out of. This is where I think she's starting to get like a, a little. There's something going on. Weary, right? Yeah. I think she's starting to have, at this point. What the hell am I getting myself into? Thoughts? Yeah, just like as more time passes, you know, as more time passes, she's starting to kind of reevaluate her situation. Mm-hmm. Like she may love him, but it's it's like like. But she's not in love with him. <laughs> Problems in the bedroom. Mm-hmm, yeah, right, of course. <laughs> Jimmy even orders Chinese food. She offers to pay. He's like, I got this. Yeah, this that pride. That's all I was thinking. He's like, he, he he's still putting on the front. Mm-hmm. Which he's is obviously making Kim uneasy. Right. Right? And uh, I, She I wants like, honesty. She doesn't want lies. And he's lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chinese guy complains about the $1 tip and uh, Jimmy has to steal <laughs> the uh, probation guy. He like, uh, could make a zero. Very, very uh, Jeffrey Lebowski of him. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. like uh, uh, We do this too much. For you. <laughs> yeah. The uh, aggression will not uh, stand, man. And for um, those of you that don't know, it's kind of an inside joke. We always remark about how the big Lebowski, he steals a line that he hears and uses it later in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now everybody that heard that, there's going to be literally thousands of people that are going to be like, uh, we get it, dumbass. We've seen the big Lebowski. <laughs> Maybe you haven't. Maybe you never noticed that. Price Warmald enters the room and uh, surprise, Nacho. <laughs> I, I wrote this down. This is I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit because mm-hmm. I wrote Price Warmald enters his super fortress, mm, which nice. is the name of the plane, the nickname of the B-29 bomber that causes all the drama in previous episodes. All right. Two. Two zip. Waves <laughs> to uh, Brian's uh, with the goose egg. Um, Nacho wants Price to grab him these uh, specific pills with uh, that exact marking before they are filled. What do you think he wants to do with those? I don't know. But I mm. love how Price is still shitty about the baseball cards. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to be a tough guy, but he's just not a tough guy. No. He's like, what? what the hell? You're like... Steal my baseball cards? <laughs> like, dude, let it go, Price. Yeah. Let it go. I forgot that he had, like, a scoreboard painted over his couch, too. I forgot, yeah, yeah all the baseball bummer. <laughs> it was really. good to see him again, though. It really was. I was, like, I was like, yeah, a little excited when I saw him. Like, yeah, there he is. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, played uh, in real life by one of our guests, Mark Prokst. That's right. Yeah. He, he's been on the show. He was on both Nothing Important and it's all good, man, because I cleverly split the interviews so I could, <laughs> so I could have two different interviews on both shows. But um, 
it was good to see him. You know, he's been yeah. doing other things like Son of Zorn, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's been on. Um, I think it's Last Man on Earth. He he's I've seen him. He's got a healthy career going. Yeah, he, like he, you know, never like the lead guy. He has a new show coming out too. Nice. Um, but it, it's nice to see him return. He, he was yeah. he was a really fun character, especially. I kind of forgot about it. It brought yeah. back all those memories about all the awkward drug deals he made with Mike. I also stuff. noticed he had a bright yellow watch on, so maybe remember he did the whole oh, yeah. like he had the bright yellow Hummer and like that was his color. That's right. Yeah, he, that's right. That, maybe that's the one thing he kept thing after he kept. Nacho confisc- appropriated his Hummer, <laughs> the pussy wagon, <laughs> and uh, he, he had a bright like really thick, ridiculous looking watch uh so it was it was a uh, really good yeah that he did it and uh pretty much my, nacho didn't ask he just told him he was going to do it right and uh and then he says and then price asks why and my i'm like don't do that yeah you, you can maintain your plausible deniability mm-hmm. which nacho was smart enough not to give him then mm-hmm. he answers because he knows the dude would just turn on him if anything happened to mm-hmm. him and he sheepishly asks like oh yeah what if i don't know what are you gonna do break my legs yeah. he doesn't even give him the satisfaction he's like I'll pay you twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> like, like, get them. Like yeah. that's it. Like shut the fuck up. Right. Like, because Nato knows he could push them around. Like he, he oh, can yeah. see through. You know, although although uh, you know, Price is pretty intimidating, dude. You know, Nacho sees right through that. <laughs> Back at Mike's house. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile at the Airman Trout residence. <laughs> meanwhile. Here's that whole Breaking Bad money in the floorboard thing again. Everybody has money in the floorboard. <laughs> If I ever turn to a life of crime, uh, I'm just going to break into people's houses. And for expediency, I'm just going to run through all the closets. <laughs> and if there's no money, I'll, ju- I'll just fucking leave. Because right. that way, the worst you can do is like breaking and entering, you know? Like, it, right. because if that's where everybody keeps the money, if you get the money, that's great. But why steal anything else? Because if you get caught, then it's just like, I don't know. Well, it's like when I visit my friends, they always wonder why I'm kicking their floorboards. I'm <laughs> just, I'm checking for a loose one. <laughs> Turns out Mike uh, takes the money mm-hmm. and he basically bought supplies for the church. To what are they doing? Are they they're building the playground? They're building a playground, and yeah. Mike pours and the concrete. Mike pours the concrete, which honestly I didn't think would be so soon. I didn't think so. There goes my whole thing about hiding evidence in the concrete. Mm. I didn't think that was going to be an immediate situation, but yeah, he did like the next day or whatever. He's already. Right, but I, I think a lot of people where they got the whole hiding evidence in the concrete is he's showing basically that he has done this before because remember it was mentioned he built a carport. Right. And he poured the concrete slab. Uh-huh. So maybe there's something underneath that concrete slab. Oh, the old concrete for. slab. Right, because he had a life before this. So, I mean, it's still possible because he doesn't maybe. finish the concrete slab in this episode. He's got like the first I was under the impression he did the whole thing, though. Did he? Hmm. Well, maybe. Well, who knows? The way that they write the show, it might come back. That he, Although, I really hope he built a ramp because you notice how the surface was elevated, but yeah. there was no ramp to get the wheelbarrow mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, that's so not them, very... Um... Those old people are going to struggle getting that <laughs> <laughs> the whole wheelbarrow concrete up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely got to be against some ADA regulation. I would think so. American Dental Association. <laughs> <laughs> Dentists hate walking upstairs, <laughs> especially if it's only like a singular step. Right. Yeah. Dentists fucking hate that. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the volunteers are kind of very insistent and Mike is kind of like it almost seems like he's struggling between like hey I'm the nice old guy that donated a lot of money that didn't seem like I should have to build this uh-huh. and also just kind of leave me alone because I'm the nice old guy that spent a lot of money <laughs> that seemingly I didn't have to do this well you guys are just slowing me down mm-hmm. yeah he's I mean it's Mike he's he gets shit done mm-hmm. 
And then we see Anita, a new character, enters the fray. She looked familiar to me. But maybe I'm thinking about the last time they were at the meeting and the camera was panning around. May have been. I think she had taken a particular interest in like uh, Stacy's story or something. Mm-hmm. And that's when that's one of those moments where um, as soon as they showed her, I was like, oh, it's a love interest for Mike. Yeah, the funny, <laughs> I wrote funny broom moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was cute. It's cute. That's a good way for them to... Uh, you know, match yeah. with the whole little mis- the romantic misunderstanding. Like, here's a broom. Oh, you're gonna have me sweep? And he's like, No, I'm gonna show you how to texturize mm-hmm. concrete. Yeah, no, baby. Well, I'm yeah. gonna show you how to texture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Ermin Trout. Mm. <laughs> she kind of wanted, you know, like it's the best of them. She t- uh, because uh, before he was sweeping the lines in, uh-huh. she was just kind of really insistent and uh, takes his trowel. Yeah, she just, I'm gonna do this. You don't take a man's trowel, man. No? You don't do that. I've never taken a man's trowel. Exactly. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's cute because when, you know, the scene cuts and we pick back up with Mike, he's arriving at work at the booth and we actually get to see him smile a little bit. Yeah, and I, I'm going to change my note because my note was that he's rubbing his fingers and I'm thinking he's thinking about Maddie. Mm-hmm. You know, the old, you know, flashing back to building the carport. And the concrete mm-hmm. reminds him of it. But now I'm thinking he's smiling because he met a lady. I, that's how I interpret it. Yeah. He, he was just kind of happy that yeah, he had some real human, like genuine human interaction. I right. Feel. Right. Because in the business that he's in, he he has to put up a front. He has to be guarded all the time. Mm-hmm. He's always one step ahead. And he even when the people came and asked him to help with the concrete, he was still kind of being guarded with his walls yeah. up. And then, you know, Anita touched his trowel, and all of a sudden, Mike's got a smile on his face. <laughs> That's one for Brian. <laughs> Anita touched his trowel. You get a mm-hmm. point for that. Yep. He uh, also notices that Price is uh, across the street in a van, mm-hmm. seemingly waiting for him, mm-hmm. playing his, uh, like, an LCD Tiger Electronics mm-hmm. baseball game. <laughs> he's got a thing for baseball, man. Mm-hmm. I love, he's like, it, 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 is this... <laughs> is this what you consider stealth? <laughs> Bryce is like, I never said I was good at this. Yeah. <laughs> you got to appreciate the candor. Mm-hmm. He wants to rehire uh, Mike as his uh, backup man, his lookout, his enforcer. Uh, dude who's got his back. Yeah, he needs somebody to have his back because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Nacho is, wants his front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's not a way funnier to me for some reason. <laughs> I just was thinking opposite. <laughs> But um, Mike has none of it. Mike Mike doesn't want it. No, no, he doesn't. He, 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 no. And then uh, Price is just kind of like, yo, dude, it's uh, because Nacho has reentered my life. Mike stops. Like, whoa. You can just see it. Mike was just like, OMG, Nacho? <laughs> <laughs> this guy? Mm-hmm. Had to turn around, get the scoop, and his advice is basically stay out of it, man. Yeah, he like, really tried to talk him into it. Mm-hmm. But he can't. Like, no. you know, like, Price is like, dude, like. Nacho's in my house. <laughs> yeah. He broke into my super fortress. Right. Which apparently could just be undone by unplugging the phone wire. Which, okay, so all, all he has to do is unplug the phone lines to get in. Mm-hmm. Who plugged him back in once he was inside? Because the system was back online when Price got home. It's a good question. Plot hole. Look at you. Maybe that's why the lights were off and he was sitting there in the dark. No, because it, because it, Marwell didn't react to the lights being off, and they went on as soon as he flipped them on. I don't understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is Nacho obviously broke in and was yeah. sitting there in the dark, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Price comes home, opens yeah. the door doo, 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 on the alarm. Yeah, which is online. Turns on the light, right? So what I'm thinking think is that the connection probably isn't instant. He probably unplugged the phone line out back or cut it or something, broke in, like reached out and reconnected it, and then sat down. Well, then it's a fool of a design to put mm-hmm. the connection that close to the window. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking more like maybe he had somebody help, like an assistant. Maybe he did. Maybe he snuck in and the guy reconnected it to not. Could have been Arturo. Arturo it, seems to be his lackey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try not to arouse suspicion because don't those, uh, I guess if there's no phone line, I was going to say, if they have no phone line, aren't they inactive for a while? And then they send a beacon saying we can't connect to this. I would think that the security uh, the security company would notice that the phone line had been cut and probably send somebody out there. Mm-hmm. Potholes Which all I, I've always wondered about security alarms. <laughs> He's tearing anyway. this whole scene apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I've always wondered about security lines in general, like those, like ADT. Yeah. Uh, who is also not going to sponsor me after I say this? But <laughs> um, as far as the way I understand it works, if somebody breaks into your house and you have ADT, ADT pretty much calls you, and then if they don't get a hold of you, then they call the cops. Oh yeah, yeah. You have like. Two minutes. Right. So a it's solid not, two minutes to get out of Right. Here. So if I'm coming in to kick down your closet <laughs> and you have ADT, I have nothing to fear because I'll be long gone before they even think to call the police. I might have more trouble. You're faster than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a little slower. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as somebody that would have to work the alarm mm-hmm. at a pretty secured facility, uh, yeah, you have your time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get 30 seconds from the time you open the door just to shut the alarm off. Mm-hmm. Right. You have this timed out? That's the timer on the oh. <laughs> it's the timer on the alarm. Okay. <laughs> you don't put the code in 30 seconds and the cops get called. Uh, okay. And then the cops call you to make sure that, you know, yeah. hey, things are going okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the alarm Instead of off. just showing up, they, they yeah. call you first. They, they're courteous. Alarm went off. You cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody answered, so I figured I'd wait another two minutes to call back <laughs> yeah. just in case you missed them. <laughs> what if it's like an answering machine and it's just a cop like, uh, yeah, this is Officer Johnson down at the uh, local <laughs> police department. So, uh, alarm? This call, like, leaves a long message. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was just calling uh, to see if you needed any help. If you do, um, call me back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut to Kim in a parking lot. Uh, sets her sweet Motorola phone for a five-minute snooze. Kim's going to run down, man. Yeah, it's, this is really starting to show the stress that all this has taken on her. Mm-hmm. More foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, page. But we all know how desperate we can be for that five-minute nap. I can't do the nap thing. Which I like how they edited it to seem like it was instantaneous because that's what a five-minute nap feels like. If you do actually get your eyes shut, mm-hmm. it is just like, I just shut my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Paige. So she meets up with Paige, mm-hmm. which I thought this was a little odd. Her whole, like, treating the case as if it were actually a 1990s court TV show. Mm-hmm. And all the drama, and she's like quoting the transcripts and stuff. Yeah, like I get that she wanted to read the transcript because she was, uh, you know, set off a little unease by their prior conversation. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, one of the few instances with the show where I feel like it was a little too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, Meg Carter, who talks like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's chicanery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, elevator ride. Well, she, <laughs> she obviously hates Chuck. Yeah. 
And that's fine. I mean, he's a pompous ass. I just felt yeah. it was a little too mm-hmm. too on the nose. We that's agree. all, but that's okay. Once again, they have a TV show. <laughs> we don't. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's all right. They can they can do that. And also, I don't understand how to write narrative. So maybe it was just important <laughs> to the narrative of the show that they... Well, it was important to the narrative of the show because you see Kim's reaction to her talking like that. Right. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. This starts yeah. Kim's whole thing about taking advantage of a sick man. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so like it's just like driving it home, you know, yeah. so it's like... Uh, yeah. Which kind of sets Kim into the bad mood, which mm-hmm. is when she snaps on Paige for arguing about the numbers. Yeah, the numbers are right. Throws the book. Like, literally throws the book at her. So like, Chuck. That was a Chuck. Like, she turned into Chuck. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I have the same yeah. uh, same note. Or at least I would have if I would have wrote it down and thought of it. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I do, I do remember thinking, like, oh, she's become very, very Chuck-like. Yeah, and, uh, like... It's another parallelism. She got into the argument over the numbers. She's like, no, these numbers are right, mm-hmm. which is more. She's becoming sympathetic towards Chuck, mm-hmm. which is what is starting to worry me. She may switch sides. She pulled it back a little bit. She was stunned by her own reaction. Totally yeah, and she apologized. immediately apologized. She's so upfront, mm-hmm. always upfront, yep. very honorable, very Chuck-like. Yep. Turns out the way she treated Chuck is eating at her. That's what I wrote down. Mm. Mm. God, I'm so poignant. So poignant. <laughs> you don't get a point for that. <laughs> I know. It's still what? Like three zip? One not, one to two. Is it one to two? Yeah. what I get one for? I don't remember. Okay, one to two. I gave you pity. One to two on the completely <laughs> arbitrary scoring system. This is a that pity app- point. That apparently people like for whatever reason. <laughs> All right. Um, again, Jimmy's taking a horse bath. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole crew's with him this time. He's like, hey, get in. <laughs> it's kind of a funny scene because this car will not start. And uh, they decide to take the bus. Well, here's what I was going to talk. Because mm-hmm. the car won't start. Mm-hmm. When I pull up to pick somebody up and they're just getting in my car, we're leaving. I don't shut my fucking car off. Ah. Why did he shut his car off? Saving gas, man. It's 2001. Gas prices were like $1.25. Obviously, this is a bad move. Right. <laughs> I don't do that whole shut your car off. If you know your car is going to need to be turned right back on, mm-hmm. leave it running. I do like uh, like uh, the boom mic won't fit in the car. Yeah, that, that cracks me As somebody who has been operating a boom mic lately, mm-hmm. it absolutely cracks me up. Yeah, rolls down the window and <laughs> sticks it outside. <laughs> they decided to take the bus. Good timing, thank God, because the bus pulled up pretty much as they were hauling towards the bus, that bus stop. Convenient. He yells at somebody to hold the bus, but I'm not sure who he's yelling at. Probably just a random person. Or in a TV show, I think it's required that you yell, hold the bus. Even if you're on time <laughs> and the bus isn't even, like, the bus is pulling up and you're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. You still yell, hold the bus. Hold the bus! That's right. Yeah. It's like, uh, it reminded me of Kimmy Schmidt season two, episode one, with the Amtrak stuff, where it's like they, they purposely run their trains late so people can have romantic encounters. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're at ABQ in tune. That's right. I like the name of that store. With the Sklar Brothers. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Sklar Brothers. Mm-hmm. I love their, because they're so well rehearsed and snappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes. Obviously, musician. Right. Love the music shop. Mm-hmm. Love the the strat signed by Richie Blackmore, and then the the salty camera guy is like, you mean somebody we've never heard of? <laughs> yeah, which I think is genius because Richie Blackmore wrote "Smoke on the Water," mm-hmm. which is what every guitar player plays at a music <laughs> shop when they're checking out guitars. <laughs> I like how Jimmy's so like he's just like like insulted. Right, these, these kids, these kids don't understand. Yeah, this new generation doesn't share his. Yeah, another brick in the wall. Fuck you, dude. That's <laughs> everybody knows that's the who. <laughs> it's Pink Floyd. 
I was going to say, speaking of the wall, do uh, college students still watch that, like the first time they smoke weed in a dorm room? I think it's when you take, oh, I don't know, drugs are harder now, so maybe it's like the first time you take DMT. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the owners back out, give it a second thought. Dick move, by the way. You don't back out after the crew arrives. You should have charged them at least an appearance fee, you know, something for wasting his time. Right. Come on. Maybe they wouldn't have paid, though. They didn't pay. They tried to get out of it. This is where... Uh, oh, you mean they wouldn't have paid the, the fee? For, yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out of my store, man. But uh, this is where he's kind of starting to lose it a bit. Mm-hmm. Unravel, if yeah. you will. Yeah, unravel. He's trying to think. He's like, all right. Um, he's really sheepish about it, too. Like, Yeah, he's he's really swallowing his pride. Mm-hmm. You know, his esteem is gone. Literally. He had to take the bus. Nice, nice, nice. We got a point for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Rehashing the same pun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, let's cut so much out of this episode. Offers to uh, do it for free, and he'll get them on the back end when they see more. Right, more he's gambling. Money. He's betting on himself. I guess. Mm-hmm. I like how he tries to pitch it as well. If the old people see it, they'll buy recorders for their <laughs> grandchildren. <laughs> we don't sell recorders. <laughs> then that's clever, though. I didn't think about that. How much the time slot might affect some people's decisions? Because the recliner guy—that's a no-brainer, right? You know, mm-hmm. but music store, yeah, Granny's not going buying a Richie Blackmore Strat. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So this offers for free, you know, says they'll do it down the road and uh, you have to agree. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a free lunch. You yeah. Know, At that point, all it's going to do is cost them time. But Jimmy, but Jimmy still pays up to the crew. He does. He's doing right. Doing right by trying to anyway. Yeah. And they start to take notice, yeah. like more notice that he's, he's struggling. Right. Like that. You can see it as he's doling out. Like it's kind of like. He's like wincing, you know, Jimmy's mm. wincing a bit because the the uh, <laughs> bank envelope is getting kind of light. <laughs> <laughs> getting kind of light. Uh, makeup girl, does she have a name? I think all the, I think it's sound guy, camera guy, makeup girl as far as I know. Okay. Well, makeup girl, very sweet, mm-hmm. offers to give him. Yeah. She sees he's struggling. She's, you know, she might be on mommy and daddy's bankroll or something and mm-hmm. says, you know, take your money back. Yeah. But no. Pride. Mm-hmm. Jimmy leans kind of against the pillar. He just needs to sit for a minute and looks like he was about ready to cry. Like that whole weight of the world thing yeah. where you're just like, okay. Yeah, you guys go on without me. I need to sit here and reflect. Mm-hmm. I need to ponder. Mm-hmm. I need to find a puddle to stare into yeah. and ponder. Maintain. Mm-hmm. Maintain. Getting harder for him to maintain. It is. It is. He's slipping. Mm-hmm. He's slipping, Jimmy. <laughs> Nita's at the support group. Uh, she's talking about her dead husband and giving his, you know, finally getting rid of his clothes. Um, you know, says, you know, as a matter of closure, you know, it, it feels good. Closure? <laughs> I'll give you one for that. One. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one for that. That's okay. We'll, we all, we'll have that one. Um, but says it feels good to let go and it says it's a uniform. You know, she did keep his uniform, her husband. Mm-hmm. Anita kept her husband's uniform. Alan. Let's call him Alan. Alan. Yeah. Sorry. Rest in peace. And Mike um, kind of perks up a bit. Yeah. He, the he, uniform he, catches him. Yeah. There's definitely, he, he understands. Yeah. Hits home. Yeah. Hits home. Um, I kind of like how they did this. Uh, they, they cut afterwards and there's Stacy. Uh, she's talking about uh, her daughter's homework and such. And she kind of peers over. She sees Mike chatting up. Did she refer to Kaylee as a he and then a she in the same sentence? I don't know. I think I think they might have kept a misspeak. 
mm. into the cut because it was a good take. Because ah. I thought she said he doesn't have this much homework before, and then she says she in a couple words mm. later. Let's ah, go so. back and watch that. Yeah, if anybody else noticed that, please let us know on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about the little look she gives? Yeah, she just yeah. kind of sees she's happy, you know, because mm-hmm. he's... It makes miserable. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, probably nice for her to see that he, you know, her father-in-law... Because we don't know how long Mike's been alone, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, he obviously fought, he, he he sired an offspring mm-hmm. at some point, but did they ever talk about his ex, the mother of Mike? I, d- I don't think so. I don't think they've ever really broached that. No. Yeah, he's no. always just been the lone wolf McQuaid. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just a nice moment. Just a nice moment. And he's talking to Anita, and she says, well, you know, my husband, he was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, they're bonding, which again, yeah. nice to see Mike have, you know, a small portion of happiness. Right. In his overall. Just something real. Yeah. 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 So that's nice. Which prompts Mike to call Price. And he's like, I'm in. So, yeah. And I thought it was when she said it matters knowing what happened. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to really set Mike on his brain in a path. And I thought it was like, or no, I wrote this note. I said it, it made me sad. That Kaylee never knows what happened to Mike. Yeah. Because in Breaking Bad, they're just going to find his body dead, shot on the side mm. of the creek. Mm. Kaylee's not going to know really what, what he was all involved with. Nice. That's a downer. Yeah. Way to uh, ruin the whole vibe. Show's over. Call us idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, just call us. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike calls Price. He's back in with the shenanigans. Just like that, he's back into it well he knows that if if price doesn't get some help or get out soon then he's gonna end up going on a hiking trip and never being seen again <laughs> kim and jimmy are sharing a cigarette outside the office chairs out there now i noticed that mm-hmm. they're not just standing anymore right which means they're probably out there a lot more often mm-hmm. smoking a lot more cigarettes because mm-hmm. they're under a lot more stress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. look at you look at you Told you, man. I don't know what about these pain pills I'm on, but (laughs) (laughs) doing me wonders. Get a new computer, and suddenly (laughs) suddenly you're uh, you're on top of the world. Um, Jimmy says, "Let's get out of here." They head to a bar. Is this the same bar where they scam Ken wins? I think so. It looked like the similar same setup. And plus, see, I thought it was too, and I was kind of hoping that where this was going is that Ken was going to be there again for whatever reason. Ah, that would have been sweet. Yeah, and it was going to cause some sort of crazy. Some sort of crazy confrontation. No. But uh, no, they're uh, just kind of having some drinks. And uh, Jimmy orders drinks and pays for it with a credit card. And they made it a point, again, to show that like Kim looked really worried. Yeah. Because he was just paying for everything with well, cash. Well, he switched, he switched credit cards. He says, stop charging this credit card, charge this credit card. Mm-hmm. And that's when, yeah, she's like, what? Right, so she, I'm just she spreading a, my points around. She has a lot, yeah, a lot of figuring out to do because mm-hmm. you know he had all this cash. Now he doesn't. Now he's splitting payment. On, so it's implying that he's maxing out his credit cards. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy is really struggling. He's putting on airs. She's really noticing that, right? Mm-hmm. He's putting on airs. Yep. So like, so Kim starts fantasizing about scams, mm-hmm. but Jimmy really wants to pull one. Why do you think she does that? Is it, I, is it because I think it's, it's the it's the excitement she gets from it, but she doesn't really want to go down the route. She just wants to fantasize about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was 
her way of kind of perking them up by bringing up funny memories of, yeah. of their past where she can kind of see he's, he's kind of struggling, even though he's not asking for any help. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of like, Hey, you know, like, like remember we did this, like right. a fake dollar bill or <laughs> whatever the scam. Yeah. You know, he was telling her about like the Kevin Costner thing. Well, then no, Jimmy's like, just, you know, tell him I'm Kevin Costner. You're mm-hmm. throwing a party for Kevin Costner. He's mm-hmm. still on this Kevin Costner thing. He doesn't look like Kevin Costner. No. <laughs> In a dark room. I wouldn't think he was Kevin Costner. No. In a black room. I, I wonder I wonder if people ever go to Jimmy and be like, hey, you look like Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a fat dude acting like a prick over uh, a glass of tequila or vodka or something. He's like, it was, what a is mar- this? it was a martini. Yeah. And apparently he had gin, and, gin, gin instead of vodka. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he pulled the whole, I'm an investor. I know your yeah, boss. Or- I know your boss's boss. Yeah, $15 Glass of puke. <laughs> this turns Jimmy into uh, some sort of scam vigilante. Yeah, he really starts getting lost. Right, like, like ire. Like that guy's a fucking dick and needs to pay for this. Yeah, he's somehow gonna sell him like a credit card for five thousand dollars, and he gets like really intense. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 he's going really deep and how this scam, but he's like licking his chops, right? Mm-hmm. L- like he's super zoned in and almost like vindictive and angry mm-hmm. and he's just like working it out in his head and uh, kim gets really skeeved out by this yeah you know like uh that's when we're not really doing this which is the scene from the preview we talked about mm-hmm. so i was off on that yeah right so like big moment right like mm-hmm. like every everything in his world is collapsing yet again mm-hmm Kim finally fesses up and says, you know, like, maybe there was another way. That's like digging in the dagger at that moment, kind of. Like, she's yeah. changing the subject to something he really doesn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. When he's in this bad mood already. And he and he, he put a stop to it. He's like, we yeah. did what we have to do. Yeah, we're done. Pretty much done. implying, like. Don't. Everything was his fault, which is totally not true. But, you know, he <laughs> yeah, maintains right. in Jimmy's head. Mm-hmm. Everything's Chuck's fault. Move on. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I thought she was going to leave. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know. I, this is kind of weird. Like I'm, I'm kind of writing this out and just seeing where it goes. I'm not feeling too confident about being able to predict where things are going to go. I, I was, I was watching. I'm like, Kim's going to leave, and this is going to be some sort of crazy mm. spiral. But then she surprised me. She's like, hey, like starts talking about like scamming, yeah, people again. Tries to get his mind off him again. Yeah, you know? suddenly, yeah. suddenly she's back in. So a lot of internal struggle there. Mm-hmm. You know, she she feels everything going going south but she's in that moment right you know like she's still there like she's trying to keep his head above the water because she senses that he's drowning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but is this is this maybe it'll get to the point where it's like not even about him it's about keeping her damn business intact because he's half the mm-hmm. the tenant you know yeah. so she can't just like like a self-preservation thing like yeah she, she wants out but for other because there's so many uh kind of like hamlin and uh chuck relationship too you know yeah they're so interwoven mm-hmm. that it's it's not expedient for one to to back out right yeah okay this makes it complicated yep get to see nacho and mike meet up again which is nice good it's good to see a nice yeah oh well, i like their interactions because mm-hmm. it's it, mike's it kind of looks out for nacho but maybe that's more so maybe this is like three self-preservation relationships going on well i think i think because he, he starts giving advice right yeah like, he, and he hasn't since season two Mm-hmm. He's always making sure Nacho keeps his head. Well, I, literally maybe. and figuratively. I, I forgot about season two. I, I took it as, um, well, 
maybe you're right. Because I, I just thought it was weird. He, like, he started coaching him up, but like not because he really cares about Nacho or has any. Just more so, it would be better for him mm-hmm. if the Salamancas didn't catch into what Nacho was doing so it doesn't fuck up Mike's world. Yeah. Like, there's no real, yeah, no real, um, you know, no real, like, sense of looking out for Nacho so much as it is if, if you kill He's him. He's looking out for Nacho for Mike's sake. He's not looking out for Nacho for Nacho's sake. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put Which it. Which is all these relationships. Kim's looking out for Jimmy for mm-hmm. Kim's sake. Hamlin's right. looking out for Chuck for Hamlin's sake. <laughs> right. And, it, and he brings up a good point. He's like, hey, if he takes the pill, he fucking dies or something. They're going to start looking at, well, what was the variable? The fucking right. pill. So make sure. Put that shit's back. Right. Put that shit back. And then I was thinking they could, they could do the classic, like, you know, find a way to hand them a singular pill. Mm-hmm. But that'd be completely unrealistic because, like, how how often does that happen? That would be right. a cheap cop-out if Hector was like, and me my pills. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. Nacho fucking like, oh, here's the one pill for whatever reason. <laughs> right? right. that would be super obvious, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't wait to see, like, how Nacho manages to... Plant the pills. Huel. Huel picking more pockets. Oh, that would be sweet. Theory. Not good for a point right now, but you'll get three points next week if that happens. <laughs> like, I didn't even think of Huel. Even though Huel's my boy, I, I didn't just, even think of that, but he's just now, us now. When you said switch, that's when it hit me. I didn't even think about that during the show. Yeah, as long as it but. doesn't happen in a small space. <laughs> right. It should be. Yeah, it should be fine. should be good to go. Um, I like how Mike checks the, uh, the gas cat for the tracker. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, did you think they were going to find something there? I was, I was, I was waiting on that one. I thought I wasn't I thought sure that he was going to find it, and then Nacho was going to be like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like you know, and then that was going to lead into a whole different direction. But then when they didn't find it, I'm like, "Oh, fuckers got me!" Because <laughs> <laughs> he even set it up like, "Well, maybe you don't know who you're working for, he right?" Yeah, you, know, you never know who's watching. There's other people you need to worry about mm-hmm. other than Hector, like, right? Playing it coy, like Gus. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then he says one more thing. Wonder what that one more thing was. So here's where my connection got a little spotty, and hopefully, Dave, you can walk me through this. Okay. Okay. Jimmy's at an insurance company. The malpractice insurer. Yeah. Okay. For some okay. So okay. Gotcha. Thank you. Because for some reason when I looked at it between my thing getting all choppy and taking notes, for some reason at first I thought he was at like Mesa. Verde. Oh, and I was like, man, he's just like really being vindictive about this. Like, or like, I, oh, like, go ahead, I'll finish your thought. Like, I, I was like, he's being really been being really vindictive. Like, they already went through the course case, court case, and he doesn't mm-hmm. even get. But he's just gonna keep pushing it further. Okay, that's I. I went, but then he, he's mentioned something about insurance, and I'm like, where the where the fuck <laughs> is he? Like, well, I thought he was at a bank mm-hmm. getting more money because he's out of money. Like but, trying to get a loan, right? Right. But since I paid attention to the first scene mm-hmm. when he calls the, the malpractice insurance company mm-hmm. while he's on the clock for the mm-hmm. for the uh, community service, uh, I didn't even catch that. Good uh, job. That's when I realized, oh, he's seeing them in person. He's he's trying to get this taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. They say no refunds for unused time. Mm-hmm. Um, a his, standard boilerplate. Yeah, rates are going to increase a hundred fifty percent. Uh oh, holy shit! Right? Yeah, that's where uh, that's where the shit unravels mm-hmm. that was the the straw okay so then as i'm watching this and jimmy starts breaking down right mm-hmm. pretty realistic and i'm like man fuck you jimmy there's no way that you're really fucking crying but then i'm like 
but he legitimately looked like he was crying outside of the music store. I'm like, maybe this is fucking real. But then as it got into it, it got a little too like yeah. not on the nose, but then it became more and more obvious, but it was done in such a way where I'm like, that seems a little odd that he would phrase that like that. And he's having a real breakdown. And then like, he does the whole thing where he walks out and he smiles as he passes the camera. God, like, oh, you mm-hmm. fuckers got me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, this is all just to get them to take note of Chuck's situation because mm-hmm. they're probably end up raising his malpractice insurance too, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost some shit with that. But I looked at it. I was thinking, like, I went back and forth for a minute, but then I realized that he was just he was method acting. Mm-hmm. He was invoking his real emotions about the situation. Yeah. So he really was. He really felt that upset about it all, mm-hmm. but he used it to gain right. an ulterior. Because I think that's how they they wrote me in. Like they wrote me in because he he was seriously he was crying and explaining everything that really happened. There was no bullshit, but then he just kind of got like a little out over the edge, so to speak, towards the end there. And I'm like, wait a minute, is he scamming? Like, what the fuck is going on? And then he leaves the office and walks past the camera and smirks. I'm like, ah, oh, fuckers got me. So I'm not really sure what the play there is. I'm not really sure what where they're going with that. He might have been exaggerating some symptoms mm-hmm. in adverse interests. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I still don't understand what, what's the play then. The play was to it, get so her. He mentions, to, he mentions. He wanted the sympathy from her. Mm-hmm. So she would believe what he says. Okay. When he says his brother's mentally ill and still practicing law. Because if this is an insurance company that covers law practices and they have, they don't realize, but now are realizing that on record, somebody lost their shit in trial. That was the word. I think that was when she took note. Mm-hmm. She's like, he did this in the middle of a court session or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, so this is now a liability. He's making Chuck appear to be a liability. So is, is his goal to make Chuck uninsurable? Probably, or raise his rates or to do something to punish Chuck. Well, let's that's, go that's with- vindictive Jimmy because he's getting fucked in his mind. So he wants to fuck Chuck too mm. by letting the insurance company know that he's a liability. Right. So if he becomes uninsurable, then effectively would that put him out of practice? I don't know. That's that. I don't know. I don't know what they would do about maybe that. Maybe a requirement. All I'm going to say of- is that something's going to happen. It's <laughs> going to be something. But I, I guess yeah. I. I don't know the particular end game. I'm I'm not gonna try. Which I guess makes it a good cliffhanger. Yeah. For the next episode, is I'm I'm just trying to figure out what the what the play is. They're just getting people to notice. I guess he's just he's just trying to get them to notice that Chuck's mentally ill. Because if he makes them uninsurable, right, and it's some sort of requirement that they have to have malpractice insurance, mm-hmm. and that makes him uninsurable, that's effectively like. Kicking maybe, him, well, maybe that maybe kicking him out of the bar. So then I don't know about out of the bar, but definitely like it'll affect his relationship with HHM because now HHM has a partner that is malpract that can't get malpractice insurance, right? And the, and then maybe can't practice law. Yeah. So Jimmy only has twelve months of punishment, but Chuck might be like blackballed. He maybe might, he, he might be. Uh, out of a job, I'm, I was because my only thought was that they were trying to raise his rates, you know. And if it is 150, well, that's going to affect Chuck quite adversely. He just lost the biggest client. 
Hamlin's going to be pissed about that because I'm sure the firm pays mm-hmm. the rates. So maybe the firm will find him unemployable. Right. Which seems super dark. Because he's a liability. He's he's turned himself into a liability by losing his shit in the middle of a courtroom. Yeah. Doesn't that seem super dark, though? Doesn't that seem... Yeah, but that's... that's I mean, I know I there's mean, a lot of... That's the show. I, I know, but even <laughs> that seems like a really hard turn that way. You know, like that that seems even like beyond a quote unquote chicanery. Like that's straight up vindictiveness. That's that's like. Well, Hector Salamanca did shoot a good Samaritan in the head for bringing the driver to him. Right. You know, I mean, there's some pretty vindictive people going around here. But I'm, I'm talking for Jimmy, though, because I. I I know he's kind of, uh, uh, but I think that's it's part of the unraveling. He's losing, and he's like past the threshold of pain. Like he doesn't even realize how vicious he's getting. Like so he was he's, talking he about the douchebag si- at the bar. Like that guy was just being an asshole to a waiter, and Jimmy wanted to scam five grand off of him. Right. So he, he's just, yeah, I guess losing touch. Yeah. Like letting it consume him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Look there. See, I'm I'm glad we talked through this, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you get a point for that, Brian. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well. Overall, um, not the most uh, exciting episode, but very intriguing. Yeah, this was, it's kind of, it, it, it feels like the flow, you know, like last week was setting up. This is a little more going on, mm-hmm. a little more stuff to think about. There's definitely some changes in attitudes happening. I mean, Kim, this mm-hmm. is a big episode for Kim. Yeah. That might be the most important character in this episode is her. And it's only going to get worse on Jimmy's part if he loses Kim. Oh, yeah. And it, and it seems like that, that ship hasn't quite sailed yet but they're definitely pulling up the anchor well what if yeah because if it comes back somehow that kim knows that jimmy got the insurance company to mm-hmm. affect chuck well then she she's already sympathizing with chuck mm-hmm. this is going to make her sympathize with him more yeah yeah huh. mm. Mm. maybe yes. wexler mcgill will end up being uh kim and chuck <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> half awesome. the buildings in darkness <laughs> Like in the lobby, half of it's foil lined. <laughs> like there's a, there's, there's a, a line foil up. curtain. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> like on one side, there's the phone that that uh, Fran- <laughs> Francesca answers incoming calls, and on the other side, there's just like a can with a string that goes back <laughs> to office. <laughs> Carrier pigeons flying around, which is the only way to do it, really. Really, yeah. yeah. Even though they're extinct, but that's okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, what did you guys out there think? Where do you think this is going to go? What did you think of the episode? Uh, where were we wrong? <laughs> did you like the angry smile? Because I definitely noted Jimmy had an angry smile at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like kind of like a like a got him, you know, like yeah. Yeah. like making making himself feel like he's very just, Popeye of you just now. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> like like scorched earth, right? Like, yeah, maybe that's just where Jimmy's at. Like fuck it, scorched earth seems to be. I mean, yeah. he, he's going to end up. We're marching through Atlanta, folks. That's right. through Atlanta, scorched earth. And he's kind of leaving himself in the dust because you know he's not going to be Jimmy McGill by the end of this. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a phoenix rising out of the ashes of said scorched earth. <laughs> nice. Nice. Much like Thank the hood you. of a Trans Am in the early 80s. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the ashes of the Camaro comes a Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think. We know that, or you know that we love your comments, your participation. Telling us when we're wrong. Telling us. When we are right, mm-hmm. make sure to check out the Nothing Important podcast for interesting interviews that Dave, I, and our perennial third Mike Jeff conduct at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Make sure you Rick and Morty fans to check out A Plumus Among Us. 
episode 301, and by the time that this comes out, probably 101 is available for your listening pleasure. You can hear me and Jeff talk about the awesome, awesome Rick and Morty. Great show. Dave hasn't seen it, but it's, no. it's a really good show. I will. Yeah. And of course, make sure to check us out on Twitter at ISGM Podcast. It's com. Nothing important podcast.com. TV time app. Make sure you download it on your smartphone store. And uh, thank you for listening to us this week. Man, it's almost over already. Three more to go. Three more to go. Going to be a good ride. So I guess uh, the easy money is next week will be probably setting up Nachos. Nachos whole storyline. I know this is more of a preview of a prior thing, but I'm going with it anyway. Setting up uh, Nachos storyline and then the penultimate episode, which would be 309, kind of where shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. Usually. Usually, and then the last one will probably you know set us up for season four. Some sort of bullshit, to quote Owen Benjamin, blue balls fucking hangover. <laughs> or cliffhanger, blue well, balls cliffhanger. Maybe it won't take them a year and a half yeah. time to get back on. Well, the maybe year. they can get their shooting schedules on point next time. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for uh, some special guests hitting up at Saw Goodman. Mm-hmm. Got a couple in line. Dave, I'll tell you about it off the air. Okay, cool. And with that, Dave... Tweet me directly at Pothost Dave, Call City, it's Calls Geniuses, whatever, it's just Paul.